Welcome everyone to Elevate. I am your host, Dr. Corey Sandra, chiropractic physician, outdoor enthusiast, and occasional actor. Our mission at Elevate is to help you elevate your life to new levels, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically, with incredible information in the field of health and wellness from a holistic, natural approach. Let's get rolling. Welcome everyone to Elevate. I'm Dr. Corey Sandra. Today we are going to talk about intermittent fasting. I have gotten a lot of questions both in and out of the office about what exactly is intermittent fasting. So just to clarify in this episode, I will be talking about intermittent fasting. I'm not going to be talking about fasting in general. So anything that applies to to fasting, which is usually 36 hours or more, so like a 48-hour fast, a 72-hour fast, a 10-day fast. I'm not going to be talking about that in this episode. I am specifically talking about intermittent fasting up to 36 hours. There's a lot of information in the news about intermittent fasting. A lot of celebrities are doing it. A lot of people in the keto community, the carnivore community, are also doing intermittent fasting. So let's break it down. What exactly is intermittent fasting? Well, intermittent fasting, it is also known as time-restricted eating. It is a specific period during the day when you eat and the rest of the time you are intermittent fasting. So there's a window where you are consuming food and there's a window where you are not consuming food. So what's the history of intermittent fasting? Where did it come from? Who came up with it? Well, simply put, we have been doing intermittent fasting since the beginning of time. It's in our DNA. It's part of our evolution. It's part of our physiology. If our early ancestors took down a mastodon or some other large animal, They would feast on it and literally consume everything. And then sometimes when they went out hunting, they'd come back and they didn't get anything. So it was very common for our ancestors to go hours, days, even longer without until they brought down their next meal. And so it's hardwired into us. In today's world, we've rediscovered it, its uses, its benefits, its purpose, And we can apply it into our lives today. The human body runs on primarily two types of fuel. We are either sugar burners or fat burners. When we are eating three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a lot of times snacks in between, we have a constant influx of glucose or sugar. And the body primarily will run on sugar for fuel. When the body is deprived of sugar by either eliminating sugar out of the diet or going without food in general, the body switches to fat burning. It will actually tap into our own fat reserves and we will burn fatty acids for fuel, primarily in the form of ketones. And we can easily go in and out of being a sugar burner or a fat burner, but 
primarily for anyone doing the standard American diet, we are sugar burners. We have a constant flow of sugar in our diet and the body burns sugar for fuel. However, there's been a lot of research in the benefits of intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. So that's what I'm going to focus on today. There are several benefits of intermittent fasting. I will have in the notes the links to all the studies that are showing the benefits of intermittent fasting. A lot of them are animal studies, but there are they are getting more and more human studies every day. Primarily what they're finding is that intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating improves insulin sensitivity. Weight loss is a huge benefit. It will lower our triglycerides. It will lower our blood pressure. It increases our HDLs, aka the good cholesterol. It decreases inflammation in the body. Uh, Another unique benefit, usually after 17-18 hours of intermittent fasting, it will activate autophagy. And autophagy is one of the body's neat mechanisms that basically when autophagy is activated, we are, the body is getting rid of damaged cells, old cells, breaking them down and producing newer cells. So it's basically a big cleanup in the body, which is pretty amazing. Intermittent fasting can also prevent type 2 diabetes, decrease our risk of cancer, and in animal studies showing increased longevity, anywhere from 30 to 50% longer life. It also increases human growth hormone, optimizes the immune system, and helps decrease anxiety and depression. So how do we get started with intermittent fasting? Well, for part of the day, we're already doing it. When you're asleep at night, you are intermittent fasting. You have a fasting window. Now, most most people's fasting windows are usually six to eight hours when they, are, when they sleep. The goal with intermittent fasting is to increase that window. Now, the most popular window, the most popular way of intermittent fasting is the 16-hour fast and the 8-hour window. That is where you fast for 16 hours and then you have an 8-hour window where you would eat. So typically that would be like a breakfast and lunch window or a lunch dinner window. Everyone has a favorite window or a different window. You have to find the one which is right for you. I myself have a very narrow window. I've never been a big breakfast eater, even when I was in junior high, high school growing up. I always skipped breakfast. I just was never hungry. So I was doing intermittent fasting already by default before I even knew what I was doing. But now, today, typically during the week, by default, I typically fast for 19, 20, 21 hours, and I usually have a three to four hour window when I eat. I'm just not hungry, uh, you know, especially with the carnivore diet that I'm on. I eat so much protein and so much fat, I can go hours without eating. I'm just not hungry. I have plenty of energy, plenty of focus and clarity. And yes, part of that's from the carnivore diet, but those are some of the benefits from intermittent fasting too. Now, the other neat thing about intermittent fasting, there's no pills, there's no potions, there's no gimmicks. It's 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 free. It's 
free to anyone. It's cheap. You just do it. And you can also do intermittent fasting no matter what diet you are doing, whether you're vegan or vegetarian, standard American diet, paleo, keto, carnivore, you can do intermittent fasting. Now, ideally, you want to do intermittent fasting with a healthy diet. You just don't want to have junk food during your window of eating. So I would recommend either doing, you know, paleo, autoimmune paleo, keto, or carnivore while you're doing intermittent fasting. And most people that do keto and carnivore, they automatically go into intermittent fasting. It's just by default. You have so much protein, so much fat in your diet. You're satiated. You can go hours without eating. So if you're coming from a, a keto background or a carnivore background, it's very easy to start intermittent fasting. But what about those that are just doing the standard American diet? Well, the easiest way to get going on it is just to slowly increase your window. So if you eat dinner, say, at 7 p.m., and you don't eat anything until 7 a.m. the next day, well, that's a 12-hour fast. So that's, that's actually a good start. But we want to build on that because we don't we see more of the benefits you know, usually after 13 to 15 hours of fasting is when we start seeing benefits. And after 17 hours, we start to get into ketosis, autophagy. So you want to work your way up if possible. So the easiest way to do it if you're on the standard American diet is slowly during your meals, decrease the amount of sugar you're eating in the diet and increase the amount of protein and fat. So when you have dinner at night, whether it's 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or whatever, up your fat intake, up your protein intake, cut back on your sugar. Load up. Have a big meal. Stuff yourself. And then instead of eating breakfast at 7 or 8 a.m., try going, having breakfast at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Now you're increasing your window. You get up to 13 hours a day, 14 hours a day. Have your meal. And again, more protein, more fat, less sugar, less carbohydrates. And pretty soon you find you can have your dinner and you're not eating until noon or 1 o'clock the next day. Now you're getting up to your 16-hour window. But like I said, for me, you know, I get so busy in the office. You know, I, I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat lunch. I typically just have dinner when I get home from work. Some people are just the opposite. Some people love their breakfast, love their lunch, and then they'll stop eating after lunch and then they'll they'll skip dinner and go around the clock till the next day. Whatever works for you. So eventually you'll get you'll get up to how most people are. They're doing the 16-hour fasting window, they're doing the 8-hour feasting window. So you have a, a fasting window and a feasting window. And another thing to point out during these windows well, especially in the carnivore world, we don't count calories. You know, I'm not eating any carbohydrates, so I can have as much protein and fat as I want. But again, if you're transitioning from the standard American diet, you can have as much as you want, but as long as you're eating in that window. So if you're hungry, eat. If you're full, stop. But when your window's over, you're done. No more eating. 
Now, typically, what is allowed during a fast? Well, for most people, usually what is allowed is water, herbal teas, coffee, seltzer water. That's about it. Some people will do a dry fast and not eat, eat or drink anything, but that's, again, for fasting. We're not really going to cover that, but primarily water, tea, coffee, seltzer are allowed. Things you want to look out for on intermittent fasting. Again, when you're just starting out, don't go big. You know, If you're used to a standard American diet, eating three meals a day and snacks in between, going 16 hours might be tough. So build up to it. Just don't go super big. Another problem with intermittent fasting is people are not eating enough fat and they're not getting enough electrolytes. So you want to make sure you're using a lot of sea salt, like Redmond sea salt, pink Himalayan salt, or an electrolyte uh, drink mix you can add to water. But be careful of those. A lot of them are laced with excess sugars. So be careful of those. And another thing during uh, your fasting window, avoid any sweeteners. You don't want any, whether it's natural or artificial sweeteners, you don't want to get those into the mix because that can cause you to crave more foods. Now, if you want more information on fasting, there's several experts out in the field. Um, Dr. Jason Fong, who's a kidney specialist, he's written a few books on fasting. He's on the podcast circuit, and he is a wealth of information. Now, for you ladies out there, there's uh, de- depending on where you're at, you know, if you're menstruating or perimenopausal or postmenopausal, according to Dr. Mindy Peltz, and she is the guru for women, and she just had a book that came out this year. It's Dr. Mindy Peltz. She has a podcast as well. But she has broken it down for women depending on their cycles and where they're at, they have different parameters as far as fasting goes. And by no means am I an expert when it comes to how women should be fasting, you know, depending on where they're at in their lives. But she's got it broken down. I highly recommend you get her book. But, you know, typically for menstruating women, they need to fast between day one to day 11 of their cycle. And usually days... 21 to 28, uh, they can be fasting as well. But there's certain times during the cycle where they shouldn't be fasting. And with um, perimenopausal women, days 1 through 12 and day 14 through 21, they're allowed to fast. But if you're postmenopausal, basically have at it. You can intermittent fast all you want. But if you're menstruating, you know, the rules change here and there. So check out her work, Dr. Mindy Peltz. Oh, and by the way, uh, Dr. Mindy Peltz's, the name of her book is titled Fast Like a Girl. So I, I know it's available on pretty much every platform. So for you ladies out there, get her book Fast Like a Girl. But like I said, if you're postmenopausal, you can fast all you want. But if you're menstruating different times of your cycle, you should be fasting and other times you shouldn't be. Another thing I'd like to point out with intermittent fasting, especially for uh, the type 2 diabetics out there, be careful. You may need to do intermittent fasting with the help of your physician. Hopefully your physician will work with you because intermittent fasting is so effective. You're going to have to adjust your medication and your insulin because 
your A1Cs are going to come down, your fasting insulin levels are going to come down, your, your fasting blood glucose is also going to come down. And so you need to be aware of any, you need to be aware of any changes that you or your physician, you have to be communicating with your physician because reach a point where you'll be adjusting your meds and your insulin because intermittent fasting is so effective. A lot of people are getting off their medication. They're getting off their insulin because their blood values and their, their blood sugar, their A1C is improving with intermittent fasting. So just be aware of that. Now, there's a lot of debate about intermittent fasting, and especially if you follow certain influencers on TikTok and Instagram, a lot of people are saying, well, the reason why intermittent fasting works so well is because you're in a calorie deficit or you're cutting calories, blah, 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 that whole thing. Well, they've done some studies and they've actually are showing that intermittent fasting is actually just as effective if not more effective in counting calories and you know like i said there is we're not cutting calories with intermittent fasting we're just cutting the time that you're allowed to consume your calories and yes some people may eat less calories but again when you're in fat metabolism you're burning your body's own fat reserves so you're you're not going to need extra calories so yes you'll be losing more weight but the whole concept of calorie counting i think is outdated you know calorie counting was it how they used to how calorie counting got going is you know back at the turn of the 19th century they started taking certain weight weighted amounts of food and burning them into an ash and that's what they and they used that as a measurement of heat coming off the food that was being burned in what was called a bomb calorimeter, and that loosely got, and that whole idea, that whole concept got thrown into nutrition sciences, that certain amounts of food, when burned off, produced extra amount of heat, and, you know, a calorie is just a a unit of heat, that's all it is, but we're, but a, a calorimeter is a closed system, so when they burn something in a closed container and uh, measure the amount of heat coming off of it. Well, that's all fine and dandy for a closed system. The human body is not a closed system. We are an open system. But we are also under the influence of certain physical, emotional, nutritional, and energetic forces that can't be measured in a confined system. And how do we really know how many calories we need a day to survive because every day for us is different. Every day we have different physical demands put on us. We have emotional demands put on us. Our bodies are amazing. You know, for someone to say, oh, you got to do, you know, just to survive day in and day out, you have to have two, you have to consume 2000 calories a day or 2,500 calories a day. That's nonsense. Everything we eat doesn't just automatically get burned up depending on our hormone levels. You know, our hormones in balance, what emotional stresses we're under, how physical are we, how much food is passing right through us. You know, a lot of food people eat will go right through us. You can look at it in your poop. 
you know, you can see the food that went right through us. So obviously not every unit of food is getting burned and every calorie is being utilized. Some food is burned in our body as heat. And then there's a whole new science of mitochondrial uncoupling where excess heat is given off. And like I said, through our natural evolution, whether we took down the woolly mammoth and consumed food for days on end until the carcass was gone and then the next hunt or two was unsuccessful. So we'd go one, two, three days or more without food. We didn't die. Our bodies maintained homeostasis even when we weren't eating food because we could tap into our own fat reserves and burn fat for fuel. And, you know, and like I said, in my world, in my office, dealing with patients, I don't count calories. I don't recommend counting calories. You know, when I, I eat when I'm hungry, I stop when I'm full. It's as simple as that. And if there's, if somehow I'm in a caloric deficit, I don't care. You know, some nights when I get home, I'll eat two ribeyes and maybe half a dozen eggs. I don't know the calorie content. I don't care. Some days I'll even just for the, some days just for kicks, I'll do a 24 hour fast. You know, I, sometimes the body needs a reset and going 24 hours, having a 24 hour window of not eating does wonders for resetting the body. Now, a lot of people in the intermittent fasting community recommend one day a week going 20, having a 24 hour fast. That's okay. That's fine. A lot of benefits behind it. So just, so just to reiterate, I don't count calories. The only thing I keep track of or I recommend people keeping track of are your carb intake per day. You know, whether you're, you know, especially if you're doing a paleo diet or an autoimmune paleo diet and especially keto, you need to be mindful of your carbohydrate intake because if you want to get into fat metabolism on the keto diet, you got to keep your carbs down to under 20 grams per day. Again, with a carnivore diet, you're not eating carbs, so you don't have to count them. And like I said, intermittent fasting will work if you're consuming the standard American diet. But I recommend if you want to start making more healthy choices in your life, you want to cut down on your carb intake, your sugar intake, and increase your protein and fat intake to reap more of the benefits. So that's about it for this episode. Like I said, I'll have all the studies in the notes. So whatever platform you're on, you can just go through my little bio there. I'll have the links to all the studies. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and email me at dr.corey.ohd at hotmail.com. You can message me on Facebook at Corey Sondrup DC. That's my personal page. That's the one I get to the most. Call the office, 801-476-1752. If you like this podcast, please leave a review. Other than that, go out and have a wonderful day and kick some ass. The information contained in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All information presented by the hosts, guests, and all other material is not intended as a replacement or treatment for any medical condition nor is it intended to examine, diagnose, treat, or cure any medical condition. Before engaging in any healthcare decision, please seek the care and guidance of a qualified medical physician.